Good evening, everyone. This is Crystal from the Spooky Barber Babes. Um, I figured I was going to try something new and do a majority of our upcoming episodes as uncut YouTube episodes with maybe a little bit of editing and then just uploading them straight to the podcast for everyone to enjoy. Also, uh, thanks to our lovely sponsor, Anchor, we're actually able to start doing um, videos on Spotify. So let's say you don't watch on YouTube, but you do watch on Spotify, regardless of the device. Ta-da! It will be there for you. So to get started this evening, which I do apologize, I had a lot coming up in my life recently that kind of stopped me from getting into um, some new content for you guys. And I really do apologize. I feel like I put out either a mass amount of like content at one time or I'm like once a month. I apologize. It's not the case. It's just life when you have kids and they're little and there's just a lot going on. It's uh can be a lot. But anyways, for tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the casket girls. Something a little bit different than our normal content of serial killers and stuff like that. Um, But instead, this is actually a history thing that kind of took on a life of its own. It's been referenced in a bunch of different um, TV shows, movies. I know a couple of YouTube channels that have done it. But honestly, I've been fascinated by it, but not because of the background of like these young girls getting married, but like the secondary aspect that I've heard come up out of the Louisiana culture of what these casket girls might have been. So tonight, to get us started, uh, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of the history of the casket girls, and then we're going to jump into where I heard about them, um, and then kind of just go from there. So yay, thanks for joining me tonight. Good. So the cast girls, how I kind of found out about them was through a TV show. I know I said I was going to do this later, but like, why not just do it now? So you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, and it's kind of weird how I found it, but I had a, um, obsession with the show called the vampire diaries <laughs> and everybody's like, Oh God, here we go. Um, but it was actually in the originals, I want to say like season one or season two, uh, Rebecca Michelson talks about the casket girls and how they were coming to New Orleans to meet some Southern gentlemen and that they ba- basically they only spoke French and that they were very um, classy ladies. But in reality, the casket girls were by far from classy in a sense in a sense so let me let me kind of paint the picture for you so the french had this policy of sending young women called the king's daughters to colonies for marriage this was back in the 17th century uh young women were sent to canada louisiana and the French West Indies. Now, I guess that's where the French Canadian comes from and also the high French regard in Louisiana, which I'm good with. These, la- these ladies, well, 
young women, young girls were later called corrections girls as well um, because they were basically supplied. And yes, I said supplied to colonists basically by combing the streets of like homeless women and Paris's undesirables or by taking women out of corrections homes and just going goodbye. Um, <laughs> they also were sent with um, like women were convicted along with um, their like debtors husbands. So basically if your husband was in debt, you were going to, you know, it was kind of one of those things. Um, but in 1719, France deported 209 women felons who were quote, a character to be sent to the French settlement in Louisiana. That's how they characterize these, these women felons that they just went goodbye. I'm gonna send you to Louisiana. That's where you're gonna live. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, there was also women that were sent to the West Indies, but they were often from like poor houses in France. Um, like, and we're kind of talking about like former prostitutes. Hopefully YouTube doesn't censor me for that one. Um, so also in 1713, and in 1743, um, authorities from St. Dominique, do not come at me if I mispronounce things, please. Um, they complained that Paris had sent uns unsuitable former prostitutes that were settlers and that they were, um, they basically weren't suitable to be wives because... They were former prostitutes. Either they went back to their old ways or, you know, probably expected something completely different from what they got. Um, so the practice of sending these prostitutes to the West Indies was exonated in the 18th century. Uh, kind of is what it is at that point. But those were the correction girls. Um, the casket girls. It, now... Let me rewind that real fast. So these girls are all technically in running in the same like situation. So you have the casket girls, the corrections girls, and the pelican girls, but they're all technically the same girls, just under different names and different ages, different backgrounds, different, um, I don't want to say <laughs> they're all kind of, they're all from Paris. They're all from France. So technically they all came, they're all underneath the same branch, but they all just went underneath different names at like different times. So, um, casket girls were, um, conspicuous, uh, by reason of their, pretty much their virtue. So they were recruited from church charitable institutions. Um, and basically what this meant was you're talking convents, orphanages, basically these women were guaranteed to be alone, mostly poor, poor but also virgins. Yeah. 
And let me tell you, reading some of the information, these girls were from ranged from age 14 to 19. They were all practically children, but keep like that time, like those ages in mind, because each one of those children, these girls were technically all able to give men children because they had hit puberty after a certain age. Most women already know this. Most guys, yeah, you should know this by now, but um, after a certain age, mother nature kicks in and then hello, you are a fertile human being, even though some people don't want to be. There's that. Anyways, I went off topic, but hmm. Basically, in the Gulf Coast, it was actually a matter of pride to be descended from these girls. Like, they were very proud people that, you know, if you were a descendant of the casket girls, you made it kind of known. Like, yes, I am a descendant. I am pure. Um, But the first casket girls reached Mobile, Alabama in 1704. Uh, They reached Biloxi, Mississippi. Please don't come at me if I mispronounced anything in 1719 and New Orleans in 1728. Now, the first of the 23 Pelican girls arrived on Massacre Island in late July, and then they took these boats. Um, I'm not sure what kind of boats they were. Some, like I saw draft boats. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize it was really good. Jangly bracelet, God. (laughs) Um, So they took these boats up Mobile Bay to 27 Mile Bluff, where um, they kind of just stuck around for a little bit. And that was on, they landed there on August 1st of 1704. So again, if you hear me say Pelican Girls Casket, the same thing very sorry very sorry research just was like oh here's one name here's this name here's this thing so sorry anyways <laughs> uh they sailed from france in april of 1704 and the ship that they were on was called la pelican pelican girls that makes sense um However, a stop between France and the United States was in Cuba, and most, if not a decent amount of the crew and the girls, they got bit by mosquitoes. And around that time, if you know anything about that, um, yellow fever was a big thing. So yeah, most of them got, became infected with yellow fever. Uh, two of the girls actually had died upon arrival. And, um, and when I say arrival, that was to Alabama. Um, they actually, it spread like rapidly. Um, and it was like, so wherever like fort that they landed at, it, it basically took hold of a lot of people and it did, however, take the life of an adventurer at the time called Henri de Tonte. Uh, but regardless, most of the young women that were there, that made it safely and lived, they were all married within a month. And again, reminding you, 14 and 19. Um, 
But again, they're children. Everyone needs to remember this. They're not adult women. They're still children. Um, so most of them were unhappy with their new husbands. Um, that, you know, the, the new husbands spent most of their time in the woods, not building homes or planting gardens for the girls. Um, the girls actually ended up staging what is now known as the Petticoat Rebellion. Um, they were basically provided a roof and food, but they refused bed and board, like refused. Um, they did this uh, basically to prove a point to the men like, hey, we don't build houses. We don't get dirty. You're going to provide a home for us. You're going to build shelter. You're going to plant us a garden and you're going to do husband stuff for us. Um, and I, I really hate to say it. it seems like these girls were very... Um, entitled I guess is the word to put it and with that being said the men did eventually come around and basically gave into demands <laughs> I mean I guess it's kind of what you want to call it is they gave into demands um there is a historian Joan Martin and she maintains there is very little documentation on these casket girls um she considered that most of them were ancestors of white French Creole that were sent to Louisiana. Again, there is another doctor, Dr. Marcia Zug, who argues this fact, um, saying there is no evidence to support that these women even existed, which is kind of interesting on its own. Like there's history written, but these these girls just didn't exist nothing none of this actually happened which doesn't make sense to me but you know whatever um but supposedly the ursuline order of nuns chaperoned the casket girls until the girls were married um again this order has denied this saying no never happened um, Mar Dr. Martin suggests this was a myth and that interracial relationships occurred from the beginning of the encounter among Europeans, Native Americans, and Africans. She also wrote that some Creole families who today identify as white had ancestors during the colonial period who were African or multiracial and whose descendants married white over generations. I do not know why that had to be put in there, so that's going to be cut out because fuck no that's stupid so basically what i've gathered out of a lot of some of the research here is that some people say there's little documentation plus some people say there's zero um i have a feeling that the nuns aren't going to admit that oh yeah no we totally we gave away these children to you know men to get freedom and get them better lives and blah, 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 and give them a family. Um, I don't think anybody would actually admit to that, but things do get a little bit interesting um, because there is kind of like a, a paranormal history to a, tied to a building in New Orleans. Now, when I say it's a building, again, this is just supernatural, like fiction, I guess would be the correct word to call it. Anyways, basically it's these 
it's a vampire themed story how true it is no one actually knows um there's been some tiktoks that i've seen where people are like oh yeah i get some bad energy going near it there's also some people that say that they hear some screams coming out of the building as um they walk by and whatnot i don't know i've never been to new orleans would love to go but um <laughs> anyways so uh, one of the interesting legends around this whole casket girl thing is that the girls only came with these cases where they could only hold inside what um what they really needed like their belongings i mean most of them were orphans or you know prostitutes so they didn't have a lot which okay but some depictions of the original casket girls are showing these huge like casket like boxes where you know, it's kind of big enough to hold a body so people were in the rhines going these bitches sleep in these yeah i don't think that's the case but anyways you know speculation rumor mill down the road um <laughs> so one of these interesting legends relating to the vampire stories um is about a the third floor of the 1751 covenant building um legend has it that the third floor was sealed off entirely when uh windows were permanently shuttered um some of the stories say that the shutters were nailed down with blessed nails that were blessed by the by uh pope john paul ii um and that that was done when he visited new orleans in 1987 hmm anyways um some people assume that these nails were blessed in rome and then they were shipped over across the atlantic um but many holes that are in this story it's basically just kind of one of those like oh ha 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 um basically it's an old ursuline covenant uh it's not yeah you guys you guys know what i mean it's kind of one of those things that if this was true that kind of sucks honestly that you know these kids were used as bait and, th and that's kind of exactly what they were they were they were used as bait to give men what they wanted which was a wife because let's face it there wasn't many women that weren't already taken in the colonies um back in the day so why not one country just hand off some of their undesirables or people that they know eventually they'll have to take care of it's sad but again again um the covenant that was supposedly in charge of these girls and escorting them they've denied all claims um and i mean again i don't know if it's more so they don't want to acknowledge it or <laughs> hear me out it didn't happen yes i can see where some people are like oh but you know it's been referenced in all these movies and in all these tv shows it must be true speculation full-on speculation i mean there's plenty of things out there that say wendigos are real that one might i am a believer that there's a good possibility that there could be a wendigo that we haven't seen or things like that but anyways besides my own 
interest into the paranormal cryptids and stuff like that. Um, I'm actually going to be doing more on stuff like this because where I like talking about serial killers and murders and things like that, um, a lot of research into that puts me into a deep-seated depression, um, especially when I come across cases with kids. I do my best to avoid them, but uh, it, it <laughs> hence why I haven't been here for a while, guys. Um, I don't think and I'm, we've talked about it before on here. And I know I've said multiple times, like, Hey, <laughs> depression, it kicks in hard. Um, but, 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 um, the trial for Lori Vallow is going. So I will be doing an update on that soon because I do know you all kind of seem to enjoy the four part series that I did do. Um, so once that concludes and I find out more information on what happened at Chad Daybell's trial, I will come back and give you guys a little bit of an update on that one. Um, there's also a couple other cases that I kind of have in off to the side because, um, I don't know, I was crying too much reading them that I was just like, Hmm, trying to record this is not going to be fun. But anyways, I digress. When it comes to the casket girls, um, you either believe that it was a thing or you don't. Again, I first heard about them through the originals and it made me do a little bit of like, Ooh, this seems kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Please do me a big favor. Hit the thumbs up like. I don't know. It's it's somewhere down there. Um, hit the subscribe again, somewhere down there. <laughs> and um, I'll see you next time. Bye.